Welcome back to the Whatnots Review Show number 190. My name is Kyle Springer, and I am joined, as always, by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? I'm doing fine, Kyle. How's your weekend been? It's been pretty good. I got my uh, handy-dandy Snapple apple here with me. This is an interesting apple juice because it actually tastes like the like like the skin like it, it like it has the whole flavor wow. in there it's interesting science is weird i don't understand how they do it but oh well um if you guys did not know here at the review show each week we have a different story to talk about could be a manga could be a comic book could be a movie a tv show all sorts of stuff we read it we watch it we come back here and talk about it this week we're tackling a mini series, uh, a four part mini series. See, I, I can say four part, not four ish for issue. <laughs> I've been saying issues whenever I meant episodes. <laughs> this is progress. Yeah, yeah. Four part mini series uh, on HBO Max uh, called The Landscapers. And uh, it's based on true events, a real true crime. Uh, and it's about a couple, Susan and Chris Edwards, who uh, supposedly murdered Susan's parents, buried them in the backyard, and then covered it up for 15 years. Uh, and then eventually kind of turned themselves in and mm-hmm. uh, did, were, was hoping that they could maintain the fact that they didn't do it. By memorizing their stories and and stuff like that, and uh, I think they've they, they've been convicted of at least twenty five years, or they they've been sentenced, not convicted yeah. of. Uh, they've been sentenced to I think at least twenty five years is what the program said. Uh, they're still in jail now, and they still claim that they are innocent. Didn't do it, so. Mm-hmm landscapers so i pitched not the landscapers right <laughs> exactly exactly Make Ju- sure it's just clear. landscapers we were confused um, for quite a bit so i i had heard of this one on another podcast i mean i saw i saw it on hbo max but it was one that was just mm. like yeah, I'm, not, I'm not like a, just by that p- picture it was just like i don't need to watch that and oh stuff like that. i was but, sold on the picture alone this was one of those really? titles that i would have pitched to you if you didn't pitch to me first interesting because I, I i saw it a bunch on hbo max and just kept skipping over it uh, and then I heard about it on a podcast, but w- what I had heard was very minimal. It was just like, yeah, it's real short. There's only f- four of them. Um, it, and it's it's a great example of a show that just like keeps getting more and more bonkers, like as it progresses. Um, and so I, I ended up watching the trailer as I was looking for things to pitch. And the trailer for the show was incredible. Uh, that was the thing that sold me. That was just like, oh, my God, this looks awesome. Let's watch this. Um, and yeah, it, it, it looked like they were playing with reality in a weird mm-hmm. way. And uh, just like what you as a viewer can 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 see, but they can't. But they it's in their head. They're thinking it or this or that. Yeah, it's just all like 
the way it seemed like they were filming this was going to be really creative. And so I was like, yes, we need to check this out. Um, but I, I guess you had had, had you see, seen this before I mentioned it? No, no, no. I just saw that that splash page on HBO Max and it's like right. true crime miniseries starring Olivia Coleman and David Thewlis. And I'm like, that's it. I don't need more details than that. You've already got me. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'm not as familiar with their work. I'm more familiar with Olivia Coleman. Um, I've, I'm, I, I don't know off the top of my head what I've seen her in, but I, what, what, once I saw her, I was like, sure. oh, yeah, I've, I've yeah. seen her in stuff. Um, yeah. But, and I, I think I've only seen David Thewlis play uh, Professor Remus Lupin and the bad okay. guy from Wonder Woman. <laughs> Okay. But I found oh. him to be trustworthy, and I wanted to see him uh, playing a possible criminal in in quaint England. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, that's kind of the synopsis. Is, is it's it's like a dramatization of uh, the events of this couple turning themselves in and then being interrogated and stuff like that on what is happening or what happened on that night 15 years prior uh and and them going to court eventually and losing um yeah i would say go go check it out i i i enjoyed this a lot yeah um, i kind of wish there was more of it like i i i i, I feel like another episode or two maybe would have mm -hmm done it good not like i i felt like they told the story great like i i don't have complaints about that i just some of the things that the trailer showed me that was ha ha happening i kind of want more of that like yeah like is which is i feel like that's a weird thing to say because it's so vague on like what exactly i want it's just like I want more <laughs> creative stuff, please. Like do 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 more of this like fourth wall breaking, yeah, reality merging. Like do that stuff. That's what I want. Like what is happening in these characters' heads? Um, that's what I want to to see more of. Yeah, yeah that's good. a I, real strength of this series. You would describe this to me as a show that looked like it was using methods of uh, a stage play in live yeah. theater which always excites me for example there is one scene where the uh, detectives are interrogating susan and they start to tell her how they believe the crime happened and then they just stand up the walls fall away behind them and they pull her out and they walk her over to another physical stage and there's david yeah. thulis there going like Okay, where do you want me to stand? How do you want me to hold the gun? And it is like it's so cool. They're taking, yeah, yeah. They're taking the metaphorical reenactment. If we're going to tell you how we think this crime went into, uh, we're pulling you along on a full physical reenactment where yeah. we act like the we're not even in a, an interrogation room anymore. We are on a series of sets on a sound stage. It's a show that's very aware of itself as a show in an interesting way. Yeah, very much so. Um, 
I yeah, I mean, like if 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 you enjoy true crime, I think this is an interesting case. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think if you just want uh, something d- 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 different to watch, um, that's not a huge commitment, right? Uh, this is a great because it's a it's a mini series. You can get yeah. it done in a night or two nights or four nights. You know, if you just watch one, yeah, each night, which yeah. Is what I did just watched one each and each each night. And then yeah, and all is done. Most of the episodes are closer to the forty-five minute mark than the hour mark. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, very um, efficient. I enjoyed the performances a lot. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's interesting how a lot of true crimes, their true crime stories and podcasts and stuff like that, uh, can try to bring you on their side like they've investigated the case and they've come up with their Ah, own conclusions and they want to convince you to join their side right or to believe certain characters or not and i thought this show did a great job of kind of staying away from that to to be like hey we're not really gonna tell you what if if we believe they did it or not Mm -hmm. we're just gonna kind of show you the story and Maybe more so focus on on the character relationships or the the, the relationship between Susan and Chris and what that meant mm-hmm. to them in the midst of this, um, which I thought was an interesting angle to t- take uh, that told the story effectively, but also was just like, well, make up your own mind. Yeah, yeah, it's very open-ended. We know, of course, that in real life they were convicted. The British court system found sufficient evidence to convict them for the murder in the way that they think it happened. But we never get like a flashback to that. We truly don't know what really happened at the end of this series. And I I appreciate that it leans into how messy the entire thing was in real life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's all kind of spoiler free. Yeah. I mean, that, that we have, it's real life, so it also like there yeah. is no such thing as spoilers. <laughs> we kind of already spoiled it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's all I have to say, say here in this first bit. Uh, I also want to say uh, I was surprised that they weren't literal landscapers. I thought that was literal. I thought they yep. truly worked as gardeners, and they do not. That title refers to them burying the bodies. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Uh, we will take a quick break for some housekeeping, and then uh, after that, we'll get into spoilers and start diving into the show a little bit more in depth. Start digging down and getting to the roots of the landscapers. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and we'd love it if you would check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash The Whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. 
You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. A big shout out to our Patreon supporters, especially those at the $5 tier. Thank you so much to Sam. We love Thanks, you. Sam. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, cool things that we have been doing here at the Whatnots. We just recorded our uh, Patreon exclusive show for this month. It is our 2022 video game fantasy draft. Uh, we brought on a guest to join us uh, this this t t time, so we'll be checking in on that throughout the year. Uh, but that should be up on our our website very soon. You guys can use your Patreon credentials to sign into our members section of the website and get access to all of our exclusive content that we've ever made. So mm -hmm. there you go. Uh, let's see. We also, uh, still in video game news, Microsoft just bought Activision Blizzard, uh, for $68.7 billion, uh, which is ginormous. It, it is like the only news thing that happened this week and it is wild. Uh, so 68 billion. 68 billion yes there's not that many of anything are you, are you sure it's not 6.8 billion or 68 no, it was, million it was six sixty eight point seven billion. yep nobody, nobody has that much money i don't think that it's not true jim microsoft does jim microsoft himself has it uh yeah but uh yeah so we we talked all about that on crossplay uh, on the captain's log this past week, we found out some interesting facts about George Jetson uh, that blew our <laughs> minds. True. So <laughs> go check that one out and find you won't believe what this podcast has to say about George Jetson. Um, yeah, good stuff. It was fun. We had a blast. Uh, and let's see. Last but not least, we did our season one spoiler cast on Yellow Jackets on the react yeah. feed so you guys can go check that out that was a lot of fun i'm so excited about that show mm -hmm. I, season two cannot get here fast enough i <laughs> need it like yesterday uh but yeah that that was good fun too so that's that's up on their respective podcast feeds it's all up on youtube you guys can go find all of that stuff but that said i think it is time we get into spoilers <laughs> Here we are. Spoilers. Um, I want to say, I think it's great that we watched it. We watched the show this week in particular, because last week I tried to give you a selection of Westerns and we watched The Power of the Dog, which is Western in setting, but not necessarily in plot, in tropes. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to this show, which is a true crime mystery. Where our, our criminals have an obsession with Western films and they imagine themselves in these films. 
I'm like, oh, here it is. This is what I was trying to get last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at, at least this is how she kind of sees things. He was yeah. never as much into the movies, no, but then no. got into it because of his life. Um, but yeah, it just uh, it's like you said, they just imagine themselves as outlaws on the on the run or heroes that come to town and will kind of set things right and yeah it just it's that like that is what interested me about this show is Mm -hmm. what is like what just wondering all the different ways that this show is going to break reality and be like okay this is how they thought it went down or this is how they thought it went down, but styled as a Western or had styled yeah. as a this. Or here's a scene when they're in the interrogation room. And yeah, you, you have like a two way mirror. So you're not supposed to see in, but it's doing a thing where like maybe the the in, the inspector asks them a question and they say something and then they just kind of sit there and wait as like the lighting changes in the room back there so we can see them and then they say something like yeah it's supposed to be happening at the same time but it's not it not so we can understand it like i i was interested in that stuff like how how is this just gonna mess with me mess with reality or or help me to 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 understand it better because of the the, mm. the the techniques that they're employing and i was not disappointed at all um this weaves back and forth from like old movies and lighting and black and white to color to now it's an old western and now they mm-hmm. move from this one set to this next set by literally walking and you can see all yeah. the like the extras and the camera crew and all that stuff as they like transition to this next thing. That stuff was so cool. And that is the thing that I was I, I like, I want more of like there was not enough <laughs> of that in in this show, which. Yeah, I also do have to admit it. it I can see how it could potentially be distra- distracting. Right. And they don't mm. want to do it too much to take away from the story. But man, it was so cool. It was so cool. <laughs> it was. This is stylistically and technically one of the most impressive shows I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it starts small in episode one, which is largely just Susan and Edward, um, Susan and Christopher by themselves in France, where they've where they've gone to live after Oh, like they, they, they're moving on to a new life. They're not. Nobody knows about Susan's parents who they buried. So they're not exactly running from something. But you can imagine that they just need to get out of the space that they were in. So they're struggling to make a new life there in France. And they're, Susan's got this little, like, I don't know, 14 inch like VCR TV that she's watching in their bedroom. And she's watching some old Western and the shots of it are her sitting in their four poster bed and the TV is like projected across like the entire wall. Like we get the mm-hmm. cross shot to just like this little dinky TV. And then we get the shot to her and it's like the image of the TV fills and lights up the entire room. It's like projected over her body, over her bed, over that wall, which is a very theatrical thing to do. You would see that like in a stage production. And then when Chris calls his stepmom and sort of inadvertently confesses to her, like, hey, we could use some money. We're doing okay. We're just sorting things out. 
We did bury two bodies. It's not as bad as it sounds. I really hope you know it's not as bad as it sounds. There's a shot of her when she like calls the police where she is like, it's it, she's in darkness with like one light from above. Like she is spotlit and it's just for like yeah. one brief shot, but it also feels like something you took out of a stage production. So there's little elements like that in the first episode that keeps growing until we get to episode three where the sets are completely broken down and you get to episode four where we spend uh, maybe like 10 minutes worth of screen time in this alternate uh, Western film. It's very cinematically shot Western film where everybody's in costume. The detectives are like the the sheriffs of this town. Western town set. Yeah, yes. That is what is amazing to me is, yeah, for as little screen time as it got, they have a whole set just like mud streets and wooden buildings. Like, I'm sure some of that is like fake. It's just like the the exterior, Uh, right? You don't have the full buildings, but still, it's just like they like they went all out. Holy shit. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, they went to a lot of lengths to craft even the smallest things for this show. And I can imagine yeah. they maybe saved money with like the set breaking down scene. They're, that's probably just in the studio they're already in. That's Pinewood mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. And you would see that over the end credits of the show. The end credits would play, uh, if it's not true, audio from um news programs then it's certainly mocked up to feel very much like audio taken from news programs the newscaster Mm -hmm. being like susan and christopher edwards have been accused of murdering susan's parents almost 15 years ago it's all that you see a shot of the actual susan and christopher and they do look so much like these actors i didn't realize they were styled to be that close to the original people and you see the the tech crew like setting up and breaking down sets and you think this is just another look behind the scenes that this is what the end credits and this like little box next to the actual scrolling credits is giving you like here's some behind this here's actual news broadcast here's photos of the actual criminals we're basing this on here's photos of how we constructed our sets uh and then you get to that episode and it's like oh that was less that's literally behind the scenes, but also representative of what is actually happening within the fiction of the show itself. Yeah, yeah. They're just slowly starting to break down and, and yeah, they're, they're still maintaining that like, hey, we didn't do this right as they are still on a set, but it is maybe not the set that they thought it was or the set that yeah. they wanted. Right. So yeah, they yeah, and and it's it's the it's that like bulging rectangle that looks like those old tube yeah. TVs, yes. right? That that she's watching. Um, it just yeah, there, there's there's so so much like little details in this, both literal and metaphorical. That is is just like what they do with every bit of this show is just fantastic. Hmm. Uh, God, like I just to to see like it's it's interesting because I feel like the characters themselves, at least how the actors represented them, uh, they are just the the nicest, most quaint. Yeah. Like, but like the when 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 he emails the the 
police like the oh. police are upset that like this guy's so freaking nice like he's so polite like, wh- what, what the- is this is this like, a mind what- game it, right yeah <laughs> they're like upset and like is this a clue <laughs> but it's just like they really are like she just seems like the most quaint like and she has the most pleasant smile right it's just yeah. like they're 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 adorable like <laughs> yeah like, you, they, you they reminded like me just for that they reminded me a lot of these older neighbors who live in my building and I'll help them out, yeah. like running errands for them, taking their rent check up to the office because they don't they don't drive anymore. I'll get their groceries. Yeah. Susan in particular reminded me a lot of my neighbor, except instead of being in a Gary Cooper, her obsession is Donny Osmond. <laughs> it's always someone. <laughs> so, right. Right. So the fact that she's got an older celebrity she's obsessed with, like, felt true to life for me. Like, I know an old lady exactly like this. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, they um, that man, the, the performances of, of them were spectacular. I, I just like to to feel the anger and the upset when the the like the first within the first five minutes and they like you're just getting to know them they seem happy they seem quaint and then he goes to that interview at the bank oh and he's just like they're speaking french just three thousand miles minute and he's struggling to just understand what the question was and then it cuts to him just like after the the interview he's walking back home or something and he just takes his bag and shoves it and he like he like just that alone is like oh like these guys are in like a dire situation here like it's Mm. not it's not all sunshine and rainbows like the scene just two minutes ago might lead you to to yeah like these guys are kind of in a jam here um and it's something just, yeah. i something i noticed is that i think some of the people who are waiting in that waiting room with him for that job interview are in the jury later and you see them like standing oh, in a field as observers during the scene where he's like it's like a flashback or an imagining of him back at the gun range i i'd like to watch yeah. the show again uh, not right away. It's a very good show, but it, it is also heavy stuff. It is emotionally harrowing. It is tragic. But in years to come, I'd like to watch the show again and watch these background players, because I think there is like a set cast that they repeat. Also, like a stage sure. production, like we've got our background players. There's not different people in the job interview that are in the jury. Like we're just going to cast one person and like repeat them two or three times. Yeah. Interesting. I I d- didn't pick up on that, um, but that would make sense, right? That they were just repeating these extras. Um, but then I I think that that also adds to it. Now that I think about it, as like, I mean, it's all, all it's supposed to be what a a, a jury of your peers, yeah. right? So it's here's the people that was at the job interview. Here's the people that were at the gun range. Here's the and they are your jurors, right? They are the ones that are going to decide your fate and then stuff like that. So yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they even in very small details. I think the show has a lot of thought in it. After the entire trial 
at the end of the fourth episode. There, you spend like a minute just watching a custodial worker clean up the empty courtroom. You know, there's just somebody there with a cart filled with brooms and soap just vacuuming the entire place. Well, you like hear, mm-hmm. I, I think you hear voiceover from some other part of the narrative. But you, you're there for like a minute and it's this mirror to after an act of act, after a crime, you clean up the crime scene. Of course you do. And the method with which they cleaned it and disposed of the bodies is a large part of the story. But even after an act of justice, after being in a courtroom, after settling a case, after you've convicted the criminals for this murder that they've committed, that is also an act that requires cleaning up afterwards. No matter what, good or bad, no matter what you're trying to do, there's an element of mess to it. There's always somebody who follows up to tidy the place up. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I want to talk about the cops, the detectives uh, in the show, because I, I really liked the stuff that they started to show. Like, this is also yeah. kind of why I want the show to be longer, because I felt like the detectives were just kind of underserved. Uh, like the, the little bits that we do get of them. It's like, this is fantastic. Like, I want to know more of, of of this and yeah I, like, they do feel like they're from an entire television show like yeah. this like this is a true Absolutely. crime story that it's just being dropped into an ongoing bbc crime dramedy yeah like god i, I loved the scene when uh i i think it's when they first found out that they were gonna turn themselves in and he the 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 like head detective guy like storms off mm. and and then and then he, he stops and goes i'm gonna get a sandwich and then walks, like, <laughs> walks away <laughs> like i'll be back in 10 <laughs> um like that and then just to, to see like to 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 see the the intimidation tactics that the detectives are taking and that as a viewer of this show it, like of of course they would try and pit them against one another oh well he said this like why do you think mm-hmm. he's saying this but you're not is he leaving you behind did he really love you did did you really love him like all that stuff and you can see the effect that it's having on the detective. I, I don't remember her name. Let me look it up here. I, I have the Lansing? Wikipedia. And then the, the partner she's with yes. most of the time. I think his name's Wilkie. Emma Lansing and Paul Wilkie were the, the, the two main detectives. And then they had their boss up of them. But yeah, uh, mm-hmm. she like just when, when she's starting to find out the trauma uh, that Susan went through as a child. And I think as we start to then understand, oh, this is why she likes the movies. It's escapism for her. It's a world where she can get away from all of that. And she is just, she has found that as her safe space. The detective is now kind of discovering that in her own way, maybe not Mm. with the movies, but is discovering, oh, this is why, She's so like the relationship between her and Chris is so tight because she has mm-hmm. retreated from her parents into him and she's seeing like all of that relationship. And it reminds her of 
the bad stuff that she said to her dad and goes to like we we don't see them meet but we see, mm. see the phone call and she says yeah. like ha, 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 hi dad and then you hear on on the on the opposite end of just like oh this is a surprise and like that's yeah. basically all you hear and it's just this like nice touch there but i want more yeah. of that yeah like that, like I, that was I, such a good scene i really like that touch that Susan is revealing such seriously traumatic, abusive stories of her past. And her, uh, this detective had a father who was a drunk and seemed like he maybe threw a punch a couple times. But in the grand scheme of things, when she looks at Susan, she's like, oh, my dad was not that bad. Like, I, I still want my dad to be in my life. And so she, gets, she like mentions she hasn't talked to him in years. Yeah, and then after her discussion with Susan, she goes and calls him to say, just reconnect with him, I guess, in a, in a moment of gratitude for, yeah. you're not the best dad, but I, I know how worse, how much worse things could have been. Yeah, and then, and then we get that one final detail about all of that is that she basically told him to fuck off when she was 12. And yeah. her, she, she said her words were something along the lines of, of, of like, hey, if you do this again, I'll, ch I'll chop off your yeah. head. And so it is this like th this real threat of violence from a 12 year old that that makes him lay but yeah it's just like what she said is arguably more violent than what Su susan and chris maybe did to her parents mm -hmm. there and so it is it, yeah it is this just contrast and juxtaposition of man like my life wasn't far off from what she did or mm -hmm. like what happened to her uh and just like her, the the detective ha having to sit with that and just think about her own life was just like man like i i want an entire episode that follows the cops like don't even don't even show me susan and chris but just all of the stuff that they're thinking that they're struggling with like all like i want to know that stuff um, cause I, I, I think that would be just as fascinating. Mm hmm. A character. I, mean, I really, hmm? I, well, I, the last thing I was going to say with the cops is, is, is that like, again, yeah, they have enough to, it, it, it really does seem that the Edwards are covering up a lot more mm -hmm. than, mm -hmm. than they are letting on. But it it's it's still just like you don't you don't know exactly. And I'm wondering, like, what the. Police is actually struggling with on like, well, I mean, he said he, he wasn't there at the scene. So how can we like what are they actually like struggling mm. with to be like, hey, let's go with this plan. Um, I would like to see more of that. But you, you were about to say. Yeah. Uh, another supporting character I really liked was Susan's lawyer, Douglas. He's yeah. a very sweet character. He he admits that he, he is over his head. He hasn't done this that many times. Seems like he hasn't been on a case that's this serious. Uh, and he's like trying to coach her in one method. Meanwhile, uh, 
Chris has foregone any sort of legal representation and is just talking on his own. So while Chris is spinning, you know, telling all these stories, Susan can't just keep being no comment, no comment, no comment. Like they have to kind of be on the same page. Otherwise, like the detectives are going to use everything Chris has to say against Susan. So Susan has to say something. And this poor lawyer is just like, uh, no, no, you, Susan, you don't have to answer that. He's struggling and he, he yeah. comes to care about Susan so much. And there's a really lovely conversation between the two of them in episode four where he's like, even if you have done something bad, Susan, far more bad things have happened to you. And I'm sorry that they happened to you. And I'm glad I got to know you. Yeah. <laughs> it's so sweet. And it made me wonder. I'd be curious to learn how the research for the show was done. I'm sure that, you know, this was a widely publicized case, it seems like. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, newspapers, magazines, and news reports, et cetera. But mm-hmm. for first-person accounts, I'm curious who it was that the production maybe got to talk to. I was trying to see if there's anybody who seemed like they were a point-of-view character who was telling the story to these show producers. I was like, did you talk to the Edwardses? And then you're imagining what the detectives are up to. Or did you talk to the detectives? And then you imagined things that maybe the Edwards experienced. Did you talk to everybody? And that lawyer seemed like he may have been, I don't know, like that conversation he has with Susan at the end of the episode where he talks about how grateful he is that he's known her made me wonder if maybe that was, he's very vibrant. You feel for that character a lot. And I wonder if he is somebody who the production got to talk to. And if this is a a very true to life representation of somebody they interacted with, this is a very recent case. Is the thing? Like yeah. The 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 supposed well, the murder happened in 1998, but yeah, they covered it up for 15 mm. years, and then I don't know exactly how long they were in the process of the, the, the all the interrogation stuff and the, the trial and all all that stuff so i it, it was what like 2013 2014 ish uh is, yeah, is when I, yeah. all of that was happening so all of these yeah. people i would assume are still alive and i'm i'm mm. sure they talk to all, all of them in some regard um but yeah then it's it's just kind of a matter of like what the creators behind this took and yeah took liberties on and stuff like that because yeah that like 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 you had said that feels like a very true moment that if they did get to mm-hmm. talk to the lawyer that he is he's being like man like they they changed my life like my whole outlook on life is now different i Mm-hmm. can't say one way or the other if they did it but I, like i'm glad that i met them and got to work with them yeah yeah so, this is a show a that i one. think yeah <laughs> this show is good at getting giving you sympathy for i think just about everybody in the cast who we who we see you know maybe not the parents <laughs> the parents were a rough crowd but you 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 have sympathy for the Edwardses, and you also have some some sympathy for the for the detectives, for the prosecutors. Sometimes I felt like they were way harsher than they needed to be, but I also understand. Mm-hmm. You know, these people murdered two people, buried them in their back garden, pretended like oh they just 
moved for like 10 years, ran away to another country. Like, I get it that you're like, these are criminals. Let's make sure they don't do a crime again. But yeah, you feel for everybody. It's very sympathetic and it takes a lot of these very interesting creative liberties, which I think serve these sympathetic angles very well. Makes you feel for all these characters. I've been thinking about the show's use of black and white. How at the beginning, Mm -hmm. the first couple episodes, black and white is used um, to represent flashbacks, to represent things that feel, in particular, things that feel very cinematic. Like you see Susan and Chris's first date. And it does have, uh, it's not played up that much, but it is reminiscent of something like a a very small uh, slice of life romance to comedy, maybe. It's used to represent flashbacks and things that are very cinematic like that. And then the, the present day is in color. And then you get to the final episode where everything present day, everything in the trial is in black and white now. And then you see like flashbacks and this cowboy fantasy and that's in color. And it's like the, the trial that they're in feels so like you can imagine it's an out of body experience. They feel so distant and so cold. Like this is a a time in our lives where there is no color. Color is drained from this place. It feels like we're outside our bodies, yeah. like watching characters in a movie. This isn't us. Uh, our fantasies and our memories, those feel more real now than what we are living right now. Sure. Yeah. Or or just the fact that like at the end of the day, like them being judged and sentenced is kind of a very black and white thing, right? Where it's just like, you either did this or you did not. Um, Yeah. And we're here to decide that. Yeah, whereas the outside world, or what they think is the outside world, right, is this more colorful, hopeful thing. Like, there's that one scene, man, when, when they're doing the shootout in the trees, and they pop the orange smoke which i i know why they pop the orange smoke but then she comes like just marching out in in the midst of that red smoke shooting god that looked awesome and it it, it was like this is just this is that's just a neat scene and like but it yeah it's just so much more rich and vibrant than than uh it's just like very boring still black and white yeah case right like it's it's just mm-hmm. stuck there so interesting yeah. stuff there yeah there's, there's there's also so much detail in everything yeah it's wild there's a shot towards the beginning of episode four i think right before they go into the trial that's just susan sitting alone in her cell and it is in like this sort of grainy like video quality and there's a lighting rig over her there's a camera unit sitting there it's like she's still in that reenactment that they showed her in episode three, where it felt like reality uh-huh. was breaking, that the, these detectives were so certain about, no, what you're telling us isn't the truth. We're going to tell you how we think the murder actually happened and that maybe right. that shakes her, makes her feel like what she is in isn't real, that broke reality. So she's sitting there reflecting on herself in her cell alone, also in this broken reality. Or maybe she feels like, I don't feel like myself. I feel like I'm somebody I saw on TV. So I'm going to imagine myself with a lighting rig and a camera and like older video quality 
you know, the sort of quality you'd see, like, I don't know, an episode of Cops from, like, 1999. Yeah. Yeah, it's, man, this, it's, it's, it's one that doesn't necessarily leave me thinking, right? It was like, hmm, I wonder what really happened. But it, like, I'm Mm -hmm. still, the show is still sticking with me regardless. Just like, huh. Like I, 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 like I want to be in that setting more. If that makes sense, like I want to be around mm-hmm. the characters. Um, like yeah, I, I do want to check in now. Like that now that they've been in jail for, I don't know how how long. I guess a decade now, right? They've no, no. no I think they. I think it said maybe almost. it was 2015 when they were convicted. So it okay, took so for seven years, eight years ish. Yeah, like I would want to check in on them. Like, how are they now? Uh, yeah. What, 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 what is their 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 mental state like now? Um, like, does it change from westerns to a different genre? that they're Mm. imagining themselves in or um yeah like i I just i I want an update i want to spend more time with the detectives more time with the lawyer what cases has he picked up since then and how has he approached those Mm -hmm. with these changes now with with him being so impacted by this case um yeah like i i i I like the show for its brevity right and it's just mm. it's just chock full of all these really cool details and and stuff that we've been d- discussing but like i also want to spread it out i want more <laughs> like all of that stuff yeah so i don't know yeah I the show feel like i keep repeating myself i'm just like no i, I get it Give i understand <laughs> i understand yeah i i don't know the background of the of this creative team what they've done before, but I hope they do uh, something else that's impressive again, no matter what the, the genre is, what the, the technical style of it is. Yeah, this was a very well done, well done story. And I like how it ends. Uh, something that I found very effective about this show is that at the end of episode one, Susan and Chris are separated. They are put in, in different holding cells. You don't see them together again, like in that time outside of fantasies and flashbacks. You don't see them together again until the trial where they don't speak to each other. Uh, it's not clear right. if like they're they're just overwhelmed. They don't know what to say or they're not permitted to speak to each other. And at the end of that episode, you do see that they have been able to give each other notes to read, but they don't share a scene they are not speaking to each other they don't have a verbal conversation again after the end of episode one and the show leaves you in this really uncertain place uh you don't know if they how they are going to spend any time together after that you don't know it's like well are they allowed one visit a year like within the fiction of the show and outside from a true crime legal perspective you're like are you know, and they're both on the older side. It's like, if they were conducted for 25 years, are these two going to die and never see each other again? It's really heartbreaking. Yeah. And the final scene of the show is, uh, I think, it's Susan reading a letter that, that Christopher has sent her, that he signs Gerard Depardieu. 
uh, kind of hinting that he knew the whole time that she was pretending to be Gerard Depardieu was sending him letters. But it, it spills into this fantasy sequence where like the the cell opens up and he's there and he takes her hand and they're on this like old time movie set. Like they're going to mm-hmm. be this these Western heroes and they're out in this field and there's like there's a director and a camera crew and makeup artists and also like an enti- like an orchestra there playing their theme. And they get on the back of this horse and the final shot of the show is just them like a, a grainy old black and white movie on the back of this horse, Susan the horse riding off together. Yep. Yep. Riding off into the sunset. And yeah, mimicking what uh, Susan had said she used to imagine yeah. when she, she was a young girl that there'd be this little tiny little horse on the top of the ca- <gasps> couch just riding along, you know? And yeah, we say this like really, really far away shot where the horse is just real small, just riding along on the edge of the horizon. Uh, yeah, good. Good, good ending. I, I, I enjoyed this one a lot. Oh. Mm-hmm. Very touching. Indeed. Um, to, to be honest, though, I don't know if I have much more to say on yeah. <laughs> this one. Like it, it's it's so it's so packed full of little details mm. that I think this merits a second viewing. Um, but it's it's also it's like it's not the kind of movie or show that I feel like most people would go back and watch mm-hmm. um, a, a, a second time. So it's it's in this interesting, like, weird zone of just, just like, I'm sure there's a ton of stuff that I missed in, in, in here or just like small metaphors or small things that they say or do. Because, um, mm-hmm. yeah, like we, we don't get to know much about the, parents except maybe the more abusive sides but there is that one moment in uh when they when the cops are like being like well we think this is how it really happens that you can see that those are oh those are actors just playing the role there and they're like okay yeah you want me to stand here and you're like no no you're fine like you want me to put the oxygen on like no you're good like it's okay (laughs) like yeah there's just there's there's some smaller stuff in there that I think is easy to miss. So I wouldn't be surprised mm. if there is like more stuff just buried in there. Yeah. So. Buried. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> no no <laughs> landscaping though. I did not come out of this I... show knowing how to grow petunias. I don't, I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> it is silly that I took it literally, but that is what I thought this show was because the HBO Max just gives you like a one sentence description on that like splash page ad when you load up the app. And it's just there's David Thewlis and Olivia Coleman holding each other yeah. in front of like a, a wall covered with a rose trellis. And it's like a uh, mild mannered British couple uh, hides a murder for 15 years or something. And you're wondering like, uh, what is the source of this murder? Why do they do it? Are these, uh, is this a, an accident of fate? Are, are they conniving for something? Uh, I, I, like I said, I thought they were literal landscapers and it was like, oh yes, yeah. yes, we're just putting a pond in the backyard and bodies. No one will ever know. It's behind the we're water features water. and then the rhododendrons, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, uh, well, that's just something somebody else can do. Then literal landscapers who are murderers and, and hide bodies in the landscape. Yeah. yeah, 
I, I, I did. I so all right, I think I think the funniest moment in this uh-huh. show is when they first go to check out the 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 house which someone new lives there and they're like i just put my baby to sleep i guess we could go out Mm -hmm. back if you wanted to do that and then go out back and then their next door neighbor is like outside too in his yard there's this big old fence and he's just like so what are you guys investigating (laughs) yeah you like you don't see him and you're just like what is happening and they're he's just like oh yeah that's my neighbor he likes to speak to, to us like through the wall and then he's like exactly Come down here and then, and then they go down and there's just like this little small hole that you can see his head in he's like hey how you guys yeah. doing <laughs> like oh my god it's like right. what's his just name like, from home improvements <laughs> yeah just like with the detectives there's there are aspects of life that you encounter in the show outside of the edwards <laughs> themselves that feel like now we're just interrupting a bbc show already in progress this is these god. are three pre-established characters he's just out there like cooking some food he's like you guys want some (laughs) it's just yeah it's just like the most mundane but just stupidest thing that's happening and it's just like what why is this happening in the midst of all of this yeah it's good it's so funny (laughs) god what what an interesting show (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready to move on to bingo? Yeah, let me pull up bingo here. Get that pulled up and then switch us over to bingo. Here Mm. we are. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, you guys can see our bingo cards pulled up here. Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Ooh, I have one that I think we can do. I would say a one shot sequence when when they're oh, in the interrogation yeah. room and it switches yes. the sets, all of that, 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 that stuff. Uh, let me see. Highlight. I'm supposed I don't to think red. I've got that one on my card this year, but I do have courtroom scene. Ooh, let's see. Do I have courtroom scene? No, if I have a courtroom scene. Oh, I do have one shot sequence. Yes. Down okay, there. So you have one shot and uh Yeah, you have one shot. There's one shot. See that one. And then where do you have court oh, there it is, courtroom scene. Boop doop doop. There we go. I feel um, like this doesn't qualify for small time detective in over their head. If only we had small time lawyer, lawyer in over their, their head. head. Yeah, right. Um, man, oh, I th- I think I have another one here. Uh huh. They bought flowers. I in in the scene in the one shot sequence they enter the house of the parents with flowers. Oh, yeah. Go. I Is Go. that significant enough for... They brought flowers. <laughs> like, well, the flowers it, appear, it's, but it's not like a plot point. I, my my in- intention with, with that was not that it is a plot point. Um, 
But like the, I've seen shows where like uh, for a certain character to get information, the information yeah. broker is a flower seller or uh, yeah, a character is in the hospital and someone brings them full flower. like just it, it's basically just that. Hey, someone bought fl- flowers. <laughs> It doesn't I have to have like it. a big plot significance. I'm okay. just like, oh my god, they bought flower. That means he's the real murderer. I was seeing um, it as like a moment of emotional significance. Like, oh, that's touching that this person would want to bring you flowers for whatever reason. Or if it is like plot-wise symbolic. Like, yes, the flowers it, were it a ruse. But it, just the sheer be, appearance yeah. of anybody bringing anyone else a bouquet of flowers. We can cross this off? I think so. Okay, all right, I'll add that to my you, copy. You, yeah, you have that one on yours as well. Uh, they bought flowers. Boop, doop, doop. Okay. I think... Doing, I think doing good on I bingo have. so far. I've got yeah. a couple spots where I've got like three in a row. Yeah, same. I I almost have a, a diagonal one Ooh. here. I, I, I still need villain with a pet and character gets hit through a building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. I, 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 I think that's about it for bingo. So, save that. And there we go. Bring us back to regular old podcast scene. Damn. Cool. Um, now that we have that done, let's do recommended recommendations. Um, what might you recommend if people liked this? Uh, if you'd like this, I definitely recommend Sherlock. It's not just also a British crime series. But it also has a very interesting use of visualization of metaphor. Sure. They will put literally there on screen what a character is imagining. And sometimes they use that to uh, trick you. Like the use of visual metaphor itself is an unreliable narrator. You're looking at something and think it, it's literal. And then you find out, no, that was purely metaphorical. He was never yeah. in that room. <laughs> There, it's something that Indeed. really sticks with me about that show. Yeah. Another British show, The Night Manager. This is, uh, this is a, a crime drama, uh, a bit of espionage in there, where uh, Tom Hiddleston is the night manager at a fancy hotel, and his lover is killed, and it is something to do with Hugh Laurie playing this, like, uh, millionaire and this like famed philanthropist who's secretly like funding terrorism and olivia coleman is the head of this small scrappy like anti-terrorism unit and mi6 that like nobody else in mi6 takes seriously because gotcha. <laughs> she's yeah. been ruthlessly pursuing only hugh laurie's character for years uh but she sends tom hiddleston in undercover to infiltrate his inner circle and expose him and Cool. I, I knew the basic premise of that show. I knew the lead actors that were in it. Uh, I did not know Olivia Coleman was in it when I started watching it. And at the end of the thing, I think she was the best part of it. Her performance is great. 
Good. She's in it a lot. Yeah. And then again, if you like a movie that has a lot of interesting uh, theatrical techniques to it, stuff you wouldn't normally see in a movie, The Personal History of David Copperfield starring Hmm. Dev Patel came out about two years ago. That is some interesting sequences where it's like they are in a black box and it's just the characters and a couple set pieces in like a black room. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. Visually a pretty cool movie. Check it out. Hugh Laurie's also in that. (laughs) Um, I would recommend uh, this one's maybe a little bit more on the cerebral and trippy side, but I would recommend Paprika. Um, it is an oh, animated huh. movie. I believe we covered it. Here, we did, we? Or was yeah. That yeah, I believe we no, covered you and it I here did. on uh, the review show. Let's see. It was episode 107 uh, here on the review show. And yeah, it's a um, this uh, like weird, like what's a dream? What's reality? We don't yeah. know. But yeah, I just think that mixing of reality reminded me a lot of Paprika. Okay, right? yeah. Where, like the walls just fall away and they go over here and now they're actors in this scene. And yeah, it, yeah, just yeah, it's it's some some interesting stuff. Um, I would also recommend Luther, uh, which is an incredible mm. uh, crime drama starring Idris Elba. Uh, if you have not watched the show, go do yourself a favor and watch it because it is amazing. Um, yeah. I think I think those would be my recommendations. Some good br- British Solid. crime and then some reality breaking uh, reality breaking animated movie. I would also throw in Maniac if you're interesting in the if you're interested in the genre bending specifically. Maniac is a Netflix limited series about these people in an experimental drug trial, and the drugs uh, put them under and make them have these hallucinations. And every episode's hallucination is like a specific genre or narrative style. Yeah. And when they break off and they're just in like a Lord of the Rings style fantasy for an episode or two, th- this Western fantasy reminded me of that a lot. Like, wow, you took this so seriously. This is so authentic to the genre. You got horses. You went out in the forest. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay. So for next week, we are yes. doing our first end of the month special uh, on a manga called Knights of Sidonia. I do need mm-hmm. to make a quick correction from what we said l- last week, and I think from when we first announced that we were doing this. Uh, we were originally, we originally had said that we were rating the first 12 volumes over the next two months. Um, it turns out that there's 12 volumes available on Comixology Unlimited, but there's three more volumes after that that are not available on Comixology Unlimited. They're on Comixology, so it just means that we have to buy them. Um, Which I was like, sure, I'll buy those last three. That's fine with me. Um, So that means we will be reading the series in its entirety, all 15 volumes. um, And that means for this next week, we are going to be reading the first eight volumes. Mm -hmm. 
And then at the end of February, we will be discussing the final seven volumes there. So mm-hmm. um, that is what we will be up to this next week. The first eight volumes of Knights of Sidonia. Yeah. Uh, and then I've go. got my pitches ready for the week after that. Sure. Let's hear them. The first weekend of February will be the kickoff of the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing. So I thought I would get a series of Chinese movies because I don't think we've ever watched anything from China. Sure. Yeah. China is a large country. I think only one of these three movies actually takes place in Beijing. But it was (laughs) tricky to find things that were easily accessible through our streaming platforms. Pitch number one, this is a movie from the year 2000. You can find this on HBO Max. This is In the Mood for Love. In 1962, journalist Chow Mo Wan and his wife move into a Hong Kong apartment, but Chow's spouse is often away on business. Before long, the lonely Chow makes the acquaintance of the alluring Su Li Jin, whose own significant other also seems preoccupied with work. As the two friends realize their prospective partners are cheating on them, they begin to fall for one another. However, neither wants to stoop to the level of their unfaithful spouses. So this is a, a star-crossed lovers romantic is this, drama. Is this the one that stars, uh, I, don't, I don't remember the actor's name, but he was in Shang-Chi, right? Yes, yeah, yes, the, Tony the, Leung, the, he's in this. Dad from Tony Shang-Chi. Tony Leung yeah, and okay, yeah. uh, Maggie Cheung are our two leads. Yeah, this is a a beautiful movie. I've seen clips from it before. It's just very rich, vibrant, saturated colors. The the lady is always wearing these beautiful dresses of the time period of 1960s China. Uh, I heard it's a sad one, but it seems like visually it's it's worth the experience. Sure. All right. Pitch number two. This is a movie from 1993. I think you can get this on Prime, but if you add like one of those extra sub subscriptions onto Prime, I don't know through which service, but I looked it up and it said Prime Premium Subscription. So you might need to get a free trial to something. Uh, this movie is called Farewell, My Concubine. In 1924, young Chen Dai Yi begins training at the Beijing Opera House at the same time as Duan Zhaolu. Cheng specializes in playing female parts, often against Duan's commanding male leads. While pretending to be in love with Duan on stage, Cheng begins to develop actual romantic feelings for his co-star, which are not reciprocated. Over the next 50 years, the two men maintain a complicated friendship as China undergoes turbulent changes. Interesting. Okay. So we've got a, another star-crossed romance, perhaps fated not to be. Uh, The fact that it's got a musical origin between these two characters and they fall apart and reconnect over a long period of time kind of reminded me of Kids on the Slope. So I thought you might like this one. Yeah. Uh, And I know this one is definitely in Beijing. Don't know about the other ones. (laughs) Pitch number three. This movie's on Netflix and it came out just in 2019. This is The Wandering Earth. This is a huge sci-fi blockbuster from China. I think I read that it's been like one of the most successful movies in China. Uh, When the sun dies out, the people of Earth build giant thrusters to move the planet out of orbit and sail to a new star system. After 2,500 years, young people continue the fight for everyone's survival. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, I was also thinking that particularly since we did The Matrix a couple weeks ago, I would stay away from martial arts action films. So we already sure. saw something in that vein pretty recently. So there's two romantic dramas and one let's make Earth a spaceship movie. Oh, man. Uh, the, the, so your choices the are. F- the, the sci-fi fan inside me is like, you should do the sci-fi one. Do do that one but it's also february and valentine's day is coming up in february so i think i might go with one of the two uh romantic ones or yeah like ill mm. ill-fated romances um, mm. i think i think i'm gonna go with in the mood for love okay I, th- I, th- I, th- I think on- only because I'm familiar with the actor, the main actor in that one. I'm just like, yeah. oh, I've seen pictures of this. I've like heard the name like it, it was one of those things like when Shang-Chi came out and everyone mm. was so impressed with all the a- a- actors and stuff like that. They were all like, what, a- what else have they all been in? Uh, yeah, so that was that was one I saw going around. So in the mood for love, we'll do that one in two weeks here. So, yeah, sounds good. That's the perfect go. thing to kick off February. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. So, yeah, once again, this next week, the first eight volumes of Knights of Sidonia. And then the week after that uh, is where we will do in the mood for love. So good stuff. Alyssa, where can the people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, a show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. Go. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. And if you guys want to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share, subscribe. You guys know the deal with all of that. Uh, Yeah, I believe that wraps us up for number 190 of The Review Show. We will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.